Um, welcome, everybody. My name is Jenny Bradbury. I'm with PBS Teachers, and I'm thrilled to be joined tonight uh, with, uh, by a great group of people for our PBS Teachers Live webinar that is co-sponsored by PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0. Our special guest tonight is Jean-Michel Cousteau, host of Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures on PBS. And we're also joined by a number of educators and, and um, outreach specialists and a marine biologist who works closely with Jean-Michel. So we have a great lineup in store for you tonight. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Steve Hargadon, my co-moderator now, to give folks a quick orientation uh, to illuminate for those of you who have not been um, in a webinar in this space before. He's going to show you some of the functions that we're going to be using tonight. And, um, and then he'll turn it back over to me and we'll get started. So um, welcome, Steve. Jenny, welcome, everybody. We're really glad to have you here. You are in an illuminate session. Uh, this is an online learning platform. Uh, you'll notice at the very top of your screen are a set of icons. The ones that you're going to care about in a few minutes are the A, B, C, D, and E. They represent the ability to, um, for Jenny to ask a poll question and for you to respond with one of those letters. Below that you'll see a participants window uh, that indicates who's here tonight. Uh, and at the bottom of that window are some emoticons that you're welcome to play with right now. Uh, there's a smiley face, a clapping hand, a uh, confused look, or an I disagree, thumbs down. There's also a hand with a green arrow up. And if you click that, that puts you in the queue and let's take the microphone at some point. So if we get to Q&A, uh, then you can do that. Um, if you think that you're, Jenny, are we going to have questions tonight? I don't know the schedule for the Q&A. We will have questions towards the end. Okay, so if you think you might like to ask a question, it's good at this time to go up to Tools Audio and run the Audio Setup Wizard, and that will ensure that your microphone is working. Or you're welcome to put questions in the chat. Speaking of the chat, uh, below the participant window is a chat box. Sometimes that's kind of small, and especially for a large group, it's hard to see the chat as it moves by quickly. Uh, one way to deal with that is to go up to View Layouts and select the Wide Layout, and you'll see a little bit more of the we do want to ask you to keep your comments in the chat uh, related to the topic. Sometimes with a large group, if you start chatting about things that aren't related to the topic, it can be distracting for the presenters. So your uh, attention to being um, careful in that area is very appreciated by us. Um, and if you send a message, it, you see at the bottom in the chat window, you can send a chat message. Um, and the default is to send to the room. If you want to send a private message to another participant, you can do so by clicking on the drop-down arrow next to this room. However, do be aware that even chat, private chat messages are seen by the moderator. So there's nothing completely private. Great. Uh, so Jenny, do you want to move us forward? Sure. Thanks, Steve. So um, to get us started, we wanted to get a sense of, of who's here with us tonight, what um, different areas of the globe and the country are represented. So uh, we'll start here with the world map. If you look to the left of the, of the slide screen, you'll see that there is a pointer with a red dot on the top of it. And if you click on that, um, you should be able to then place that pointer somewhere on the map and show us where you are. So if folks would go ahead and do that now, 
we'll get a sense of where all our participants are, are visiting from. So I've just given you all permissions to use that pointer. So if you tried it first and weren't able to, you can now. And the pointer is the little red, the little wand with the red dot at the end that's to the left of the whiteboard. Let me click on that and then click on the map. Right, so it looks like we have someone in Europe. Uh, we have, it looks like maybe France and uh, someone in Australia, someone in Alaska. Um, someone has a big X in, in Europe or maybe Africa. I'm not really sure uh, where that is. Um, but it looks like most folks are here in the U.S. So I'm going to go ahead and switch to the next slide, which is a U.S. map. Oh, Morocco, terrific. Um, and have folks who are here in the U.S. Uh, use that pointer again and show us where in the U.S. you are participating from. Great, so it looks like we have a fairly nice distribution. Lots of East Coast folks, but quite a few folks in the Midwest as well and some on the West Coast. Um, and I, I'm not sure if we've ever had anyone from Oregon participate before, so welcome um, all of you out there. Um, it's great to see so many people here with us tonight, and um, you'll have a number of ways to participate during the event, as Steve said, we're going to be doing a poll very shortly. So um, welcome, and, uh, and, and I'm going to go ahead and switch this slide now and give you a sense of what uh, is, lies ahead for us all this evening. So um, as I mentioned, we are joined tonight by Jean-Michel Cousteau, who is the famed explorer, environmentalist, educator, filmmaker, and executive producer and host of the PBS series Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures, which just aired two brand new episodes very recently. Um, he's going to be talking to you tonight about why it's important to teach students about the ocean and how you can help inspire students to become stewards of the ocean. Um, after Jean-Michel, we're going to have Holly Lowheist, who is a marine biologist who works closely with Jean-Michel, and, um, and she works with scientists to turn the research um, that, the, that the group does into stories that the public, including teachers and students, can connect with. So she's going to talk about that work. Then Andrea Swendrud from KQED is going to give us an overview of um, a great collection of educational resources that are available on the Ocean Adventures website. And finally, Angie Patterson, a classroom teacher, is going to share some examples of how she uses uh, the Ocean Adventures materials with her students. Uh, when we're done with that, we're going to have a Q&A um, time, and then we'll have a quick wrap-up. So um, Steve mentioned that folks should try to um, to test their mics. Uh, we'll only be using mics during the Q&A if time allows, but if we don't have time to um, empower people's mics, then we'll just ask folks to use the chat space to, to um, submit their questions. So during that time, it'll be especially important that people stay on topic and, and try to be really focused in using the chat space. So um, that's what lies ahead. Um, here's our first poll, since we want to get a, a better sense of who the audience is here. Um, so the first question is, what grade do you teach? And to answer this, if you can go up to the top um, bar that's above um, where you see the A, B, C, D, and E buttons. I see some folks are already catching on here. Um, if you can press the letter that, that corresponds to the grade that you teach. Uh, so A for K to 3, B for 4 to 6, C for 7 to 8, D for high school, and E for other. 
I see lots of folks have answered this now, so we'll give you just a couple more seconds to, um, to submit your answers, and then I'm going to go ahead and publish the results here. Um, someone says pre-K-12 equals E. Yeah, I would say that pre-K-12 equals E. So let's look at the results. So it looks like we have a, a pretty even distribution here. We've got um, quite a few folks who um, teach fourth through sixth. And then the, I guess the next biggest group is, is high school. So um, I, Andrea, did you want to uh, make a quick comment on that? Sure, thank you. So we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of resources this evening, and the Ocean Adventures educational resources are geared for grades 5 through 8, but definitely are adaptable to other grades. So I'm really excited to have uh, all of you teachers on board with us tonight. Great, thanks, Andrea. Um, so then the next question here is, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to... Um, is have you seen an episode of Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures? So I'm going to go ahead and uh, change the view here for the poll to the uh, yes and no options. So now you'll see up top there's a red X for no and a green check for yes. If you'll go ahead and, and click the one that applies to you uh, so we can get a sense of how many of you are familiar with the program, that would be very helpful. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead again and publish the results here. So it looks like most of the folks um, here with us tonight have not seen the program before, uh, but we have about a little more than a quarter who have, so that's encouraging. Um, we will actually uh, right now be taking you to, um, to see a, a clip from uh, one of the newest episodes. Um, I see a question in the chat, can I see one online? And the answer is yes, you can. We'll be showing you tonight um, examples from the Ocean Adventures website, which is on pbs.org. And then um, we also will, um, you can also go watch entire episodes on the new PBS video portal. So I'll be giving you information about that later in um, tonight's event as well. So right now, I'm going to actually pull up a clip um, so that everyone can get a sense of what we're talking about. And then we will introduce Jean-Michel Cousteau. So um, you'll see now that I've just pulled up a window here which shows you the Ocean Adventures website. Um, if, if the video screen that shows that says what more web exclusive video and then you'll see coming soon call of the killer whale that should be in the center of your window so if it's not you may need to use the scroll bar on the side or the bottom um, to just scroll and put that in the center of your screen you can also um, once you everyone will be pressing play at the same time because you'll have to press play on your own screen to to show this video once you've done that if you look down in the purple bar underneath the video screen you'll see that right next to the right of video podcast there's um, a, a square with four little kind of corners around it, that'll take you to a full screen view of the video if you want to watch it in that format. So um, now the video itself is, is just over two minutes long. So um, if everyone would go ahead and uh, press play on your own video screen, um, 
then we'll watch this video and then we'll come back in, in about two and a half minutes and um, we'll proceed. So everyone please go ahead and press play at this point. Okay, so um, that was a great intro to uh, this, this one of the latest films. Um, I see that the, some folks may have had some difficulty watching it. If you did, uh, please rest assured uh, Steve has put the URL in the chat window and you can go back at any time and watch that promo. Also if you go to pbs.org slash video you can watch the episode in its entirety uh, at PBS's new video portal. So um, now without further ado I would like to introduce Jean-Michel Cousteau who's going to tell us more about his fascinating work and um, how it applies to us as educators. So welcome Jean-Michel. Thank you very much, and I uh, am very uh, honored to have an opportunity to speak with particularly teachers. Uh, I, uh, I grew up with teachers. Uh, I uh, was in boarding school when I was a kid, and uh, I, I really believe that teachers uh, need to uh, be more respected than they are because they spend more time with the kids than the parents do. And uh, I, I'm amazed uh, on how uh, we have forgotten that. So uh, for me, being able to communicate with teachers is uh, as important as communicating with parents. And maybe more so because that's their job. Uh, my father pushed me overboard when I was seven years of age and I became an instant scuba diver. This is my daughter who's now very much into this environment. Uh, in this case we are in the Amazon because that's where the ocean starts. It starts on top of the mountains, it uh, goes down into the little streams and ultimately ends up into the, into the ocean. And uh, when we understand that everything is connected, and when we understand that we depend upon the quality of that water and what lives into it in order to uh, protect the quality of uh, the human species, then we'll be able to uh, uh, speak to better uh, to the decision makers of tomorrow who are the kids. They are the ones who are going to, uh, whether it's in government or industries, anywhere on the planet, going to take over and run the show. And if we can provide them with the essential information about those connections that we have with the ocean at a very early age, that information, I know because we've had a lot of experience in this field, that information is stored in their mind and will never go away. And as they go through the difficulties, particularly in the 21st century of becoming an adult, uh, they will um, automatically regurgitate that when they get to be uh, more comfortable as a human being with a, a job, with a family. And uh, I run into people we uh, have met 20, 30, sometimes even 35 years ago when they were kids and they tell me, you know, I'm a truck driver, I'm a, a lawyer, I'm a, a medical doctor, and, and I want you to know that uh, all the information that I uh, experienced during your educational programs uh, 25 years ago uh, is impacting all the decisions that I'm making today. 
And I, I think that's where, together between the uh, teachers in whatever grade, and of course the younger the better, uh, and uh, what we're trying to do with PBS, which has a mission, is uh, to pass on that information and uh, literally to uh, uh, put a, uh, a point on our uh, mission, uh, if you protect the ocean, you protect yourself. And it's very, very difficult because it's somewhat abstract. We're visual creatures. We are land creatures, although we only occupy 30% of the planet. The rest of it is water. Uh, we have a very hard time to uh, understand those connections. And I think it's very, very important that we do at Ocean Futures Society, which I represent with my colleagues and friends, uh, is to pass on that message as much as we can uh, in your home uh, and in the schools uh, as much as uh, teachers can bring that information to their classroom. Uh, I remember many, many years ago when uh, there was uh, um, maybe less than uh, six or eight uh, television channels. Today we have 250. But in those years, the teachers were making it mandatory for the children to watch the shows on uh, Sunday or Saturday and make a report on Monday. Uh, and, and that was uh, very, very, uh, uh, very, uh, if you like, successful in the sense that uh, we still run today to those people who were kids in those days and uh, watch our shows and have learned a lot and they tell us that it was important for them. So I wish that uh, we would be able to reach more teachers. I was a little disappointed to see that uh, uh, there's not a majority of them uh, that are watching our shows. Uh, but I'm sure they have many other things to watch. And here you're looking at a very unusual species of dolphins, the pink dolphins in the Amazon. It's a very unique species, which uh, we hope we can preserve uh, because every species plays a very critical role in the environment. Uh, some of it we don't understand, but who are we to decide to eliminate a species or not? Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, the more species you have, the more stable the system is. I'm sure you all know that. And uh, that's what we try to share with our uh, audience, where, whether we are uh, in the rainforest of the Amazon, like in this case, where we produce two hours of shows, where we're going to distribute probably in a year or so from now a program which is called Sustainable Rainforest so the people who live there can better take care of the rainforest because if not, it's going to affect every one of us. Uh, ultimately, whether we live there or we live uh, in another part of the world, the weather system is connected to that part of the world. And by providing uh, the children of 18 to 20 million people in the Amazon the information that will allow them to make better decisions, uh, we are uh, doing a service to ourselves, wherever we live. And that's uh, what, what Ocean Future stands for all the time. And those kids who are from the Amazon, uh, they want to learn. They want to understand. And ultimately, they will be the decision makers. They will be the guys uh, who are going to guide people in the Amazon or who are going to, uh, in a sustainable way, uh, cut trees. Uh, they are the ones who understand that uh, the, uh, the water that comes in the river comes from the glaciers in the Andes, and those glaciers are melting away, receding at a very, very fast pace, 
And if they know that, they'll make better decisions ultimately. So, you know, our, our message uh, is very, very simple, uh, very entertaining. There's a lot of fun. And you're looking at our, <laughs> our team here now in another part of the world where uh, we, we realize that uh, the ice of the ice caps, whether it's the Antarctic or the Arctic or uh, the, uh, the glaciers or the ice on the Greenland is melting at an exponential pace and that's very easy to understand because less and less reflection of the sunlight on the white ice, uh, the more absorption there is on the ground and uh, that's why you have climate change taking place. Uh, there are places that are going to get warmer and places that are going to get colder and that has to do, to do with uh, the fact that things are changing at a very fast pace which we are responsible for, not the fact that things change, but the fact that the acceleration at which it changes is our responsibility. And you're looking at a species which may disappear. That species is, uh, should be totally protected, and uh, it may be too late, and we may only see them in zoos in the future. Is that fair to uh, the young people who haven't had the privilege that we have had to the unborn children? Uh, we have responsibilities there because we can change, we can make a difference, we can improve the way we treat and manage those resources. These guys, they, uh, they need to dive to 3,000 feet to find food. Well, they can't go back to the mainland, so they have to hide or, or rest on ice flows, and if they don't want the ice flows because they've all met, uh, melted, they will starve to death, or they will uh, struggle to find the food that they need. And uh, th that goes for many different species in different parts of the world. So I, I want to share this critical uh, uh, understanding of the fact that, that, one, everything is connected. Nature works for free all the time. And if uh, here, as I feel very privileged to be with my team, and in this case my daughter, uh, we can make those connections and understand that if we protect it, here the beluga whales, uh, which in some parts of uh, the northern hemisphere are in danger, whether it's in Alaska near Anchorage or in uh, Quebec, uh, where at the mouth of the St. Lawrence you have a, another population which is uh, also threatened uh, because of the pollutants we put into the ocean, which has now created the high rate of cancer, uh, we, we're heading toward uh, bankruptcy and we don't want to go there. We, we want to make sure that we do everything we can to uh, properly manage those resources in a sustainable way. And it's just like a business. If you leave off the interest that the capital is providing you with, you can go on forever. The minute you start to gobble up or eat up part of the capital, you're heading toward bankruptcy. Nobody wants to go there. And we need to protect these species, uh, which are the orcas, the dominant species in the ocean, just like we are the dominant species on land. And they live from the Arctic to the Antarctic. And they are affected by everything we put in the ocean, which we continue to use as a garbage can, whether you live in Lyon in France or in Topeka, Kansas, or in the middle of the, 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 the country, any country, we all connected to that environment. And what we put in our, that environment through the water system will affect these guys. And now they have high toxins, 
and we're learning that maybe we also have to high toxins. And we've gone through recently with uh, the call of the killer whale, which uh, came out on Earth Day, uh, with some issues which have made us start a very, very important campaign uh, on toxicity. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, the decision makers in governments and industries are going to uh, sit down and come up with ideas and solutions so we stop affecting the quality of life, not just in the ocean, but uh, ourselves. And what we're doing to the ocean ultimately backfires and affects us. So that's where we are, and I hope that uh, we, uh, we uh, can learn a lot from having uh, the, for us, a great privilege of sharing the world uh, with everyone uh, that uh, we explore and uh, being able to answer questions on our website or through uh, a PBS or KQED with whom we've been working for the last several years. Our team is there to serve our uh, curiosity, to uh, provide the information that will allow uh, teachers or anybody else to uh, better understand how connected we are to that environment and how it is important to manage it uh, a better way so to protect ourselves. In the end, it's the human species that needs to take better care of itself. I would like now to uh, introduce you to one of our very, very important uh, team members, associates, and now friend, because we've been working together for many years, Holly Lohais, who has been, uh, as a marine biologist, not only teaching people to scuba dive in the past, uh, but has uh, been a very important part of our team as we go on expedition and can connect with scientists, gather the right information, organize some of our expeditions so we are more successful in terms of bringing the message back. And uh, I'd like her to share her experience which is very, very important. And as the next generation, I think, will carry on uh, the message. Now, good evening, and thank you very much, John Michelle. And Jenny, I just want to make sure I can advance my slides here. All you need to do is Jenny, can you tell me back the arrow to advance the slides. All you need to do is push on the single arrow above. Got it. Thank you. Well, once again, as Jean-Michel mentioned, with Ocean Features Society and our partnership with PBS, KQED, and all of our ocean adventure films, we really bring home the important message that we're all connected. We know, of course, the ocean covers over 70% of the surface of the planet. So in all of our films, it's, it's highlighting the scientific research being conducted in the different regions of the world, tying it into the theme of our special, whether it's on coral reef ecology, or whether it's on the National Marine Sanctuaries around the United States. We've done a special on sharks, a special on gray whales. It's working with the scientists, and we, as Jean-Michel Cousteau and his team, we are the storytellers. 
most recently working with killer whales, we traveled to many different parts of the world. And as the little promo piece shared with everybody, killer whales are, are literally our counterparts in the sea. So they're a great species to tie in those very important ecological principles that everything is connected. And as Jean-Michel mentioned, there is no waste in nature. So as we look at this species and we see that they're accumulating or bioaccumulating high amounts of toxins or synthetic chemicals or industrial race, waste, we also see us as a terrestrial species, we also are extremely vulnerable. In this case specifically, we worked with a marine biologist in New Zealand who is a local expert and she has conducted her PhD studies on killer whales in the southern hemisphere. In New Zealand specifically, has the highest stranding rate of killer whales and working with Ingrid in the two weeks that we were with her in New Zealand, we happened to be there when one young killer whale or orca stranded and they tend to find themselves in really shallow waters as they chase their favorite food, stingrays in New Zealand and unfortunately with the tide receding, this poor orca found herself high and dry. So when we are out on location, we're not only there filming a team story, working with the scientists, but we also are participants a lot of times conducting the research with the scientists, handling equipment, and in this case, specifically handling a young killer whale. It was about a 24-hour ordeal. It's in our special call as a killer whale, and she was successfully put back in the water, and we haven't heard from Ingrid if they've recited her, so in that sense, no news is good news, and we sure have high hopes that she reacquainted with her pod. When working with scientists, a lot of times they have a very narrow window of time to conduct their research. And as a production team, Jean-Michel Cousteau, and, and, and as we accompany these researchers, we are literally almost breathing down their neck trying to get the image, the visual that we need to tell the story in our special. But most of the time, as scientists are so devoted to the research that they're working on, they don't have time to do a documentary type style special to really highlight their research. So they're very accommodating to us and our needs. And a lot of times, as you've seen in some of our past specials, they come across beautifully and tell a wonderful story. We worked with a scientist up in British Columbia, and she started her career out working with killer whales in captivity. And that was well over 30 years ago. We now know, as, as our counterparts in the sea, these highly intelligent, very sophisticated, and the pods that they live in are the family structures. We now know that killer whales do not do very well in a captive situation. So some of the scientists we worked with in British Columbia started their career with captive orcas and now have continued their their career in working with these animals in the wild. And Alex Morton is a very dedicated acoustic biologist working in the Broughton Archipelago of British Columbia. She's devoted her studies recently to the impact of salmon farms. So in all of our stories, we try to bring back the message back to what we as consumers and as educators, what can we do to teach children about the decisions we make on a daily basis and how that could ensure a healthy marine ecosystem. So specifically, Alexandra shared with us, and for a lot of us it was new information, that the salmon farms in that one specific region of British Columbia is having a direct impact on the wild salmon. And as we learned, Jean-Michel and I are here in Santa Barbara in California, most of the farmed salmon in British Columbia is coming right here to California. So it's one of the messages in our film is as consumers, we could really make the proper choices to better ensure a healthy, sustainable marine environment.
And in all of our on-camera interviews, a lot of times we are filming at the same time as they're conducting their research. This is some research looking at the accumulation of mercury in some of the top predatory birds in the Amazon. And as you can see, we're a little obtrusive. We have a big high-definition camera and a microphone, and the scientists are a lot of times focused if they're dealing with a live animal. Um, but as you can see, we give them the space and the respect, but we also are capturing the really important visuals to inspire kids inspire kids how important science is and that this type of work is something that they could individually get involved with. We work with a culturally diverse uh, population all around the world. We definitely highlight not only the importance of biological diversity and the importance of different species in every ecosystem, but also the diversity of cultures. So in the Amazon, there's a very strong cultural theme looking at indigenous populations in the Amazon rainforest and looking at traditional knowledge, the medicinal guides, and how this tradition is passed down from generation to generation. And it's underwater. It's underwater, of course, the Cousteau theme that takes us to some beautiful marine ecosystems all around the world. This is Fabienne and myself diving with two biologists from the Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary. And unfortunately, in some places around the world, especially on coral reef ecosystems that are so vulnerable to climate change, we know in Florida Keys, there's many of the areas of the coral reef that are really threatened. In Alaska, I've worked with beluga whales and cooked inlet. The small, diverse population there has just been recently listed as endangered. So we looked at all sides. We looked at the government, the cultural input, and the scientists to, to better understand sort of the controversy around listing this beluga population as endangered. All of our scientists are extremely devoted and dedicated. And so for me, as an on-camera interviewee working with these scientists, we really want to bring out their story, their passion, their dedication. They work in extreme conditions. And sometimes we, we once again, put a little extra pressure on them and trying to get the shot that we need. But through our storytelling and through our PBS specials, Ocean Adventures, it's really the scientists that are telling their story, the vital information that they're gathering, whether it's collecting tissue samples from beluga whales in the St. Lawrence River, taking blood samples from harbor seals in British Columbia where we see a high bioaccumulation of some of these fat-soluble contaminants like PCBs and the new emerging class of chemicals called PBDEs. This type of information is vitally important, not only in the story we're telling through the films, but also our films have been used by decision makers in making some very important decisions about overall protection of the marine environment. Here the scientists are working with one animal, one beluga whale up in Alaska. They had only about 20 minutes to get the blood samples and then to surgically insert the satellite tag. And in our beluga one hour special, this one individual male had that tag on for over a year. So that information that this animal was able to feed back to the scientists is vitally important when understanding the drastic change up in the Arctic. So with that, it's, it's a real pleasure as we partner in our PBS series with KQED in San Francisco to work with our dedicated team of educators who take our film, and our film is over a year plus of pre-production, 
on location filming over at least three to four months and then the post-production working with our creative team, our editor and our writer and our um, creative director. It's been the educators at KQED that take our films and, and have developed some outstanding curriculum that I personally as an educator use in the classroom and get such positive response from students of all ages. So with that, I really, I'm, it's a real pleasure to introduce Andrea Swinsford, who we've worked closely with, and she's going to walk you through some of the different resources available on the PBS KQED website. Great. Great. Thank, you Thank you so, so much, much, Holly. And before we go through some of the website pieces, we've got one other poll question for you here, which is, which hot topic regarding the ocean are you most interested in having your students learn more about? So if you could all use the buttons there at the top and choose one of those. And once we get everybody kind of logged in, Jenny, would you mind publishing those responses? All right, pretty spread out here too, but it looks like most of you are really interested in teaching your students uh, learn about our connection to the ocean, which is great. And we have a lot of resources on the Ocean Adventures website to do that. So um, I really, have, it's been a delight to work with Holly and our educational team to take the stories that, that she and Jean-Michel and the Ocean Features team tell and really turn them into educational materials for you to use. So before, um, we look at the website and look at the educational materials. We do have a couple more questions just to see how familiar you are. Once again, um, has anybody visited the Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures website? And we've got the new buttons up there at the top now, the green check for a yes and red for a no. So if you wouldn't mind logging your answers in for that. And then once again, Jenny, when it looks like everybody's answered. Okay, great. Well, those of you that haven't been, I'm going to be giving a brief overview of the website in a minute. Um, and for those of you that have, hopefully you'll see some new things today. And then really quick, we'll do our next question. Um, those of you that maybe have or even haven't been to the website, how many of you have used Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures educational resources with your students? So if you could then, again, use the X and the check above. All right. So a lot of you will be get to be introduced to some of our great resources today. And for those of you that have used them, um, I hope you'll find our new videos and lessons uh, great, and you'll want to explore those as well. So the goal of Ocean Adventures Education is really to increase ocean literacy among young people. And ocean literacy is an, in, an understanding of the ocean's influence on you and your influence on the ocean. We provide resources to teach science content standards through all of our educational materials. And we really focus on three themes. And those are adaptations, ecosystems, and human impact. And these themes run throughout the episodes and all of our educational materials. There are a lot of different reasons to use multimedia with students. It is very relevant to today's audience. Um, our students are digital natives. They're growing up in a world full of multimedia. They're immersed in it. Uh, multimedia can visually demonstrate ideas and concepts. It connects viewers with faraway places and gives a common experience to all students. It enhances hands-on activities that you do in your classroom and out in the field, um, can provide additional examples for concepts you're teaching and supports the development of 21st century skills, including critical thinking, problem solving, and communication skills. 
And we have a multitude of resources available online, including short videos. So these are two to five minute videos that you can stream online from the website, made specifically for classroom use. We have lesson plans and activities and educator guides that go along with those videos. We also have standalone lesson plans. We have interactive games. Those also have lessons that go along with them to make them just a really powerful learning experience. Background articles that delve deeper into the topics that are presented in the Ocean Adventures series. An image download library where you and your students can gather images to use in projects. And viewing guides that go along with all the episodes. Like I mentioned earlier, um, most of our research was geared towards 5th to 8th grade. Uh, we also have some lessons online for high school, um, but definitely adaptable to other grade levels. And especially our games and online videos are appropriate for many grade levels and ages. So we are going to take a quick tour of the website now so you know how to access all of our fabulous resources. And I will load that in just a moment. All right, so here you can see our home page. And for those of you, um, you may need to expand the window a little bit to see all of it. But here on the home page, you can see our little video player. Uh, so we've got our promotion of Call of the Killer Whale that you just uh, saw at the beginning of the event here. And you can access our other web exclusive videos right from that player. On the right hand side, you can go straight to some of our episodes. And what I'm going to do now is click on the video tab, which is kind of at the top left. And when you get to the video page, if you use your scroll bar, you can scroll on down to the bottom and see some of the videos that we have available. And the videos that have the More Info button on the side, that More Info button will actually take you to the Lesson Planner Educator Guide that goes along with that video, or an in-depth article that talks about the topic um, a little bit more in depth. And I'm going to head back up now to the top navigation and click on the For Educators page, which is on the right-hand side. And this will take you straight to the educators page. And here you can access all of the resources that are available to you on the website. So you'll notice some links uh, near the top. And I'll click on lesson plans right there. And that will take you down to all the lesson plans that are available on the website. You can see they're in this chart. So you can see which lessons really focus on the themes of adaptations, ecosystems, human impact, or more than one. So if you're teaching you know, on adaptations, this is a great place to come. If you all take your mouse and just hold it over one of the lesson links, a box will pop up with a little blurb in it. It tells you a little bit more about that lesson. So now I'm going to go back up to the top of the page and click on Videos, which was the next link down. And so once again, here you can see all of the videos that are available. Um, and these all have either lesson plans or educator guides that go along with them. And you can mouse over and see uh, little blurbs of each. We have interactive games and learning tools down below that. And further down, there are our in-depth articles. And I'm going to click back up to the top and then now go to the episode viewing guides. These are all in one chart, but just so I'm clicking around so you can see how to access everything. You can also just scroll down the page. The episode viewing guides are here. So we have a viewing guide with questions that go along with all the episodes and viewing ideas and activities. Below that is more fun adventures with just some other fun activities that you and your students can do. And below that are our series resources. So I really encourage you to take a look at tips for using science multimedia. There are some documents there that have some great ways for really effectively engaging your students um, in viewing the media. Educator web links, there's a download library that I've been um, talking about and writing about in chat, and the glossary. 
if we scroll back up to the very top of the page, um, one other thing I want to show you is on the left-hand side of the web page, in that orange box, those are all of the educator guides. So if you're looking for lessons or resources that go along with just one episode, um, that's where you'll find them. So if I click on the educator guide to Seaghosts, which is our episode on beluga whales that just recently aired, you can see the viewing guide you can access here, the lesson plans, um, and our web original videos that go along with this episode. And the last thing I want to show you on this website is back on the educators page, uh, right below all those links, there is a little high, or a bolded word that says feedback. If you are using these resources with your students um, or you have questions, I'd love to hear about it. So there's a link right there that says email us. Um, you can just click right on that link. That email will come straight to me. And like I said, I'd really love to hear how you're using this with your students, um, if you have questions or ideas or any suggestions. So with that, I'm going to uh, turn the presentation over to Angie Patterson, who is a sixth grade math and science teacher at Rooftop Alternative School in San Francisco. And she's going to show you how she integrates Ocean Adventures resources into her classroom. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Um, I've used many of these lessons in, from this whole website in my classroom. And tonight I'm going to be navigating from the educator page, which you should have up now. I'm going to do a little web tour. It's an excellent resource, and I use it as my go-to for integrating science and technology into the classroom. And today I'm going to demonstrate quickly two examples that I've used from this, from this website. The first one, I'm going to scroll down to the grid where it says Spectacular Squid. And this first example, hopefully it comes out. The first example, OK, it's right there, um, is just, I hear from, this is a great lesson. This is the lesson plan right here. But what I do is I watch the video, and I already have a great unit on squid and adaptations and scientific investigation. And what I do with this, and you can use this idea for any of their, their fantastic clips, is I use it at the beginning of my lesson, and it's to build inquiry. And the trick is that I show it without sound. The students watch the beautiful imagery and write down questions about squid. And I find that watching the video in silence increases the student's level of concentration and focus. And for time purposes, I'm not going to show it today, but you can see where it's at. And then after I show it uh, without sound, then I show it with sound, and students can compare and contrast their observations. And they come up with great questions. And then we go on to our life science unit and discussions about adaptations and ecosystems around squid. And showing just even the, the clips are really quick and easy. And what they provide is really powerful. It's a visual cue for students that may not have ever seen a squid besides you know, the deep fried form. And this creates a connection to science, the ocean, and their lives, which makes it more meaningful. And now another example that I'm going to show you is a little bit more comprehensive than uh, the squid lesson. So I'm going to go back to the educator's page. And the lesson is called Beluga Balancing Act. It's towards the bottom of the grid. So I'm going to click on Beluga Balancing Act. 
And this lesson, there are many components that make it engaging. Uh, the students watch a video clip, they choose a population of belugas, conduct their own research online, and there's research questions, and then they put it all together and create a PSA, a public service announcement, about protecting belugas. I also show students some inspiring clips in the beginning of PSAs, one especially called the Power of One, to get them excited and so they know what a PSA is. And then students will choose a beluga population between Cook Inlet, Alaska, St. Lawrence River, the Somerset Island in Canada, and then they go on and do their research. Now, there's a clip on this one as well, and if you, I'm going to go down under materials and click beluga whales. And the clip is 40, or 4 minutes and 30 seconds. And for time purposes today, I'm just going to show about less than a minute. And so I'm going to go ahead. Everybody needs to press play on their own machines. And then I'll, when it's done, when I want us to stop, I'll move us back over to the previous screen so that everyone can press play. Okay, everybody should be back now. Hopefully, you're back to the educators part of the website. So, and I'm going to go back to the Beluga lesson, which is, again, and just so it's up and you can see. And so you can see from the clip, it's just, again, a, a good visual. They can see the St. Lawrence. They can see a beluga. They can see scientists working and what they're actually doing. And what I've noticed with this lesson is it's turned into this quest for students to find information about their population of belugas because they got to choose a population. And students have to answer questions such as, what role do belugas play in their ecosystem? And how have humans impacted them? What adaptations do belugas have in order to survive the Arctic conditions? And through this research, a few groups have come up with the conclusion, which I found very interesting, that we as humans are the ones that have polluted the beluga's environment, which in turn ends up hurting us. It's much more powerful if the students make those connections on their own. And this is just a great guide to have students do this. And this lesson leads students to the question of what they can do in their everyday lives to stop the amount of pollution going into the ocean. They have to actually come up with their ideas themselves and create public service announcements about this. Which brings me to my last point, that uh, the components of this lesson are very age appropriate. It's about fifth through eighth grade. And students want to do something to help. And at least in my experience with this age group, they love telling people what to do. And that is exactly what they get to do through creating their PSA, with their own research, their own discoveries. And I know as teachers, we have standards that we have to teach and we never have enough time. We can still meet these standards while at the same time sparking some passion and inspiration for our students to help them want to take care of our environment. All of the lessons on this website that Andrea spoke about are based on real life issues and how they're affecting the environment now. And this connection to real life better engages the students so that they can get more out of their education while at the same time we're creating compassionate people who care about their environment. Okay, and that's it for my web tour. And I really suggest going out and trying it. There's a ton of great resources, but this is really my favorite, and it's a, a great go-to. It's easy and uh, some great resources.
Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for being here. I know it's getting late. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Angie, and thank you, everyone, who um, has spoken so far. Um, we now have a little bit of time for Q&A. Um, and we actually, we have about, um, you know, three minutes left in the hour, but I hope that you'll stick around because um, at the very end we have a survey and if anyone here is interested in, in receiving um, a certificate of um, attendance, uh, then you'll need to stick around and fill out the survey so that we can send you something to confirm that you attended, which you can hand over to the professional development person in your school or district um, and hopefully get credit for being here tonight since this is absolutely a professional development event. We'll also be giving you some information in just a couple minutes about um, how you can receive a 15% discount on the newest DVD from Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures. So hopefully you'll stick around. but. Um, I don't want to take up too much more time. I do want to um, give folks a chance to ask some questions. Steve and I have been collecting questions throughout, so I think we'll go ahead and pose some of those to the folks um, that they were addressed to. And if anyone has new questions that you have not yet asked, please use the chat space to ask those now. So um, one of the questions that I saw um, was about, and, and I, I don't know that there's a, a good, easy answer to this, but I saw quite a number of people say that they would love to be able to do research with Jean-Michel and his team. And so Janet asked, um, what about teachers doing research with Jean-Michel and Ocean Futures Society? Is it possible? Um, Jean-Michel and Holly, can you speak to that? Are there any opportunities for teachers to work with you in, in the um, incredibly exciting and valuable work that you're doing? Well, uh, we've worked with a lot of teachers in the past. And uh, it, of course, the logistic is uh, complicated. And one of, one of the issues is money. Uh, even for teachers to be able to move or to go certain places. Uh, we've been uh, teaching teachers at Catalina, for example, on the island of Catalina, uh, on certain uh, occasions like workshops, uh, but it needs to be organized by the profession and that's really not our forte. But if it is organized, we definitely will be uh, privilege and I would welcome to uh, be able to spend some time with those uh, those people who would be interested. So I don't know if you have anything, Holly, you want to add to this? We do do teacher trainings at some of our different educational sites and so I'm happy to post to my email address and you could um, email me directly what your interests are. Otherwise, we do do regular blogs while we're out on location and I do even answer emails from teachers while on site, depending on what location we're in and assuming I have internet connection. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I see there are lots of questions here. People absolutely love the photos that, um, that we were showing earlier and so there were lots of questions about being able to access those photos later. Um, as Andrea showed in her tour, there is a place where you can download photos um, from the Ocean Adventures website. So we encourage everyone to go there and access those photos. In addition, there will be um, recordings of this entire event um, available on both the PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0 websites. So you can definitely 
um, access the full recording. You can also, if you press on the little blue disk at the top left of your screen right now, you can save the um, the whole slide deck to your website or to your desktop rather, and then you can access the slides later for use with your students. Um, we also saw a question here about um, are these resources available for free? And if we miss these um, Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures episodes, how can we access them? The answer is yes. Um, all of the resources that you've seen tonight are free um, through the Ocean Adventures website. And as I mentioned earlier, um, both of the new episodes of Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures, Call of the Killer Whale and um, Sea Ghosts, are available to stream in their entirety at pbs.org slash video. So I encourage you all to visit there and you can watch the whole episodes. You can also, of course, access um, great sort of bite-sized classroom appropriate clips of, of all of the um, Ocean Adventures episodes right on the Ocean Adventures website. Um, someone says, where do I find the slide deck? You can, um, if you go to look at the top left of the Illuminate window, there's a little save icon. You can click on that and it will give you the option to save the chat or to save the slide deck. So you can um, do both of those um, and then you'll have those um, available for you for the future. Um, so I'm just going to quickly go through these slides and, and as I'm going through, please if people have additional questions, let us know. I apologize for the strange formatting on the slides. We seem to have had a, a um, Mac to PC conversion issue. But I did want to let people know we have three exciting webinars coming up. On June 2nd, we're going to have three technology integration specialists from Maine talking about how you can take advantage of your summer break to connect with your peers and create a personal learning network, um, use online collaboration tools like Illuminate and um, other uh, great tools to, uh, to enhance your own professional development. In July, we're going to have um, some PBS Kids producers and curriculum experts and teachers talking about early childhood literacy resources and strategies. And in August, we're going to introduce everyone to the brand new PBS Teachers website, which um, catalogs all of the fabulous content created by our producers. So you can also find all of the Ocean Adventures um, resources there, and we'll show you a lot of the new features that are coming up on the site in the, in the fall. Uh, this is the URL for the site, pbsteachers.org. We have thousands of free um, resources for teachers. Uh, we also have brand new activity packs. That would, these are widgets that you can download to your own website. They contain collections of uh, pbs.org um, resources and uh, classroom activities for grades 3 through 12. If you like it, you just click on the little grab it button on the bottom and you can put it right on your own web page or in your Facebook page or lots of different social media sites. Um, again, these are totally free and that we've just taken from our collection and pulled content together around themes that are popular among teachers. Uh, we have a PBS Teachers community called PBS Teachers Connect. Um, many of you probably joined that in order to get the information for tonight's event. I strongly encourage you to visit the community um, after tonight's event to participate in the follow-up discussion. And you'll see in the follow-up discussion that's posted there that there's a 15% off discount code for anyone who's interested in uh, purchasing the latest DVD from Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures. This is available just to teachers um, 
and is available for the next two weeks. So please um, go and, and join the discussion and um, access that code. Um, of course, we couldn't do any of this without our terrific partner, Steve Hargaden from Classroom 2.0. And we hope that if you're not already members of Classroom 2.0, that you'll join that community as well, which is a very vibrant community of educators talking about using Web 2.0 and collaborative technologies in teaching and learning. We also want to thank Illuminate for making tonight's event possible. Um, they've been great, great hosts to us. So um, we hope that you enjoyed um, being here in this space. And um, last but not least, we will be archiving um, three versions of tonight's event, the full recording, um, the transcript of the, of the chat window, and um, an audio-only version at both PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0 very shortly. So if you um, want to revisit tonight's event, if you want to share it with colleagues, all of those recordings will be available to you. Um, so I'm going to ask Steve to pull up the survey, but before I do, I, I just want to um, say thank you so much to um, all of our guests. It's been a, a great pleasure having you here tonight. I think um, I've seen a lot of very, very enthusiastic response in the chat, people saying, well, I didn't know about the show before, but I'm definitely going to check it out now, and tremendous enthusiasm um, for the the slides that you showed and also um, the information on the website. So hopefully we have lots of new fans of Jean-Michel Cousteau Ocean Adventures and, um, and of the work that you do. And um, we just are extremely grateful for you all taking the time to be with us tonight and um, extremely thankful for the fabulous work that you do, um, which is so important. And, um, and we hope that you will keep doing it for many years to come and, and many generations of Cousteaus. Uh, so thank you all. Thank you, Steve, so much for being here. Um, you'll see now that the survey is up. Please feel free to, um, to answer the survey. You'll see that there's a question there about uh, whether or not you want to receive a certificate of attendance. So please uh, fill that out if you do, and we'll send one to you. And um, we're, we're here for a little while, so you know, if you have a burning question um, that you want to ask, please go ahead and do so now. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to all of you for participating. And thanks, Steve, as always, for um, your help. Thanks, Jenny, and great job, everybody. And those of you who have been made moderators, Andrea, Angie, Holly, uh, if you close that WebTor window down, it will close it for everyone. So we'll ask you just to leave it up. Thanks for doing that. Thanks again for a great show. So you can fill that, that uh, survey out right on that web tour, and um, it'll go through. Or you can click on the link that I put in the chat, and I'll put that link again. And there were some questions about uh, the saving of the whiteboard. I'll save it as a PDF file. And as long as I have permission, uh, Jenny, from you and from um, our guests, we can post that up as well. And, and I'm going to post the, uh, an MP4 portable media format for the show um, because those have been turning out to be uh, popular as well. Terrific. Um, yeah, I think probably folks are having difficulty saving because it's such a large file because it has so many photos. So um, yeah, why don't we both plan to um, post compressed PDF versions and then folks can grab those from both of our websites um, after tonight's event. Part of the problem surely is that we have two sets of slides up there. So we promise we'll just uh, post the one set. I see we have a hand raised. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that name. But um, would you please uh, let us know in the chat um, what your question is? <laughs> 